0: Hey, hey, hey. Conversation with Alaskan Gardeners back on the air. Margaret Tharp, David Lindrum, Landscape Alaska.
1: And it's the 3rd of July. Mm -hmm.
0: That's right. The day everybody starts partying. Aren't we happy?
1: Trying. I'm trying. And and (laughs) you know,
0: there's hardly any cars on the road. You notice that?
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: Some mornings the cars are just thick on the road. People are sleeping in taking the day off are
1: they getting ready
0: getting ready yes Getting ready getting the barbecue cleaned up
1: i got up and started cooking early
0: uh-huh putting the finishing touches on their floats for the parade
1: and if i'm lucky i'll get around to cleaning my house
0: shining up their instruments for the orchestra yes everybody's getting ready
1: I'm surprised you're not in a walking band. Well, I guess because you can barely walk, but still. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't grow up with a tuba or something.
0: I played boom, the uh, boom, bass boom, boom, drum boom, boom, in my boom, boom, high school marching band.
1: There we go.
0: I did. That's right. And, and it was boom, ba, 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 boom, 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 boom.
1: That's great. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Okay, so oh, this so, is a so call- I've done that. This is a, a call-in show, done and if a, you want to talk about your marching band- That
0: one's checked off, <laughs> off of my bucket list. Okay, yes, it's a call-in show, 586 We'll talk about landscaping, fertilizer. We can talk about nematodes on rhododendrons. We can talk about- You
1: can even talk about lawns.
0: Lawns. We can talk about lawns. Because right now, at this temperature, with this soil Everything's temperature, booming. This is the ideal time to plant grass. You can plant it earlier, you know, and it comes up. But now it comes up. It's quickly. really booming. This is the right time. It if you was want so to do some lawn fixing, do it now.
1: It was so cold and wet this spring.
0: Oh, wasn't it wasn't, though.
1: You know, the grass seed and the fertilizer just sat there kind of blinking at me. Huh?
0: Until it got washed away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what am i supposed to do i know and i see that the grass seed on a hillside washing down the hills and at the bottom of the hill is grass so thick you can't a bug couldn't walk through it (laughs) but up on the hillside it ain't there Mm -mm. nothing there okay so oh boy the little apples on the apple trees look so cute tiny little apples
1: little tiny tiny little
0: oh so the sweet
1: blueberries are ripening up the salmon berries are producing berries
0: so we have uh, the steps to our deck are filled with uh, assorted varieties of perennials that are you know we're, we're cultivating some and fertilizing some and dividing some and, and all that space is taken up and and yet the bear can manage to walk through it without disturbing anything to get up on the porch and get the watermelon out
1: of the cooler. Gently opens the top of the cooler, gets the watermelon out, carries it down to the lawn, and happily sits there and eats the whole darn thing. That's right. And didn't knock one of the plants off the steps.
0: I was so amazed. I, it's not like a, they're not,
1: ballet dancers.
0: That's right. Not just not knocked them over. Didn't even seem to touch them. Right. It made me think so of John cute. Wayne.
1: <laughs> kind of like John Wayne. Yeah, <laughs> except he has four legs instead of two.
0: I never realized John Wayne walked like that. <laughs> okay, so uh, <coughs> when I was saying earlier that it's the right time for planting grass, it is. You know, once the grass, the soil temperatures get up like <laughs> they are now, the grass seed's going to want to bloom right out. So if you're going to look at doing some lawn work, now's the time. And people call every day asking about topsoil. And I'm telling them, look on our website and see the article that I wrote about planting in sand.
1: Except they're out of sand at
0: AGPRO. (laughs) Except they're out of sand at AGPRO. They'll be back in sand, though. We'll have sand again (laughs) shortly. But the idea of planting your lawn in sand rather than in topsoil means that it doesn't turn to mud when it
1: rains. Yeah, and it grows. It grows much better.
0: It grows real nicely. And sand is so much easier to work than mud. Well,
1: and there's no such thing as topsoil. It's all manufactured from overburden on construction sites and it has a lot of fines in it and so it packs tight and a year of playing on your lawn and you have big dead spots anyway oh margaret you sound so bitter
0: (laughs) okay okay so uh i posted yesterday uh a picture on instagram showing the slope at the search clinic because the spireas that we planted there a couple of years ago are in full bloom now. And it brought up the topic of the low maintenance landscape and how to design and, and construct one and what you do.
1: Well, the roses are in bloom and so are the lilacs.
0: Roses and lilacs but and spireas are all blooming right now. the spireas, 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 the
1: right spireas now. are the dominant ones uh-huh. and, and so they're the spreaders.
0: The whole idea that Margaret came up with when she was working on her, her master's thesis was that you would, if you wanted to have a successful low-maintenance landscape in this environment, you look to the wild world and see what is a successful landscape there and how does, how does that translate into the managed landscape?
1: Right, and the thing is we have as many growing hours in Juneau, Alaska as they do down south. We don't have as much heat But we have the bright light and the long hours and weed seed just loves it here Mm -hmm. and weed seed loves it in gravel and likes it in poor soils and likes it wherever something more sophisticated doesn't want to grow that's right and even
0: in bark mulch on top of landscape fabric right loves it there
1: right but it was really looking at eagle crest that gave me the idea that if you have something that only gets no more than three feet high or an feet high and spreads out and covers the ground then the sunlight chokes off the viability of the weed seed and over a period of you know four or five years your plants grow together and you don't have to worry about weeds because there aren't going to be any they're only going to be at the very edge which is how it is up there that's right they're up at the edge of the parking lot they're up at the edge of you know mm-hmm. where the construction goes on but they're not on the hill itself
0: right and and what will happen in the next couple of years is those will grow together like you say and become an absolute shrub mass and then you can't see the ground and your maintenance will be limited to a annual pruning
1: and the edges and Mm -hmm. feeding you always want to feed your plants
0: and the next time you're on the university campus go up and look at the bed around where the big whale is where the whale's jumping out of the water because That's how we planted that. And the shrubs have now grown together, and they're Japanese yews and rhododendrons and spireas so that they're actually branch to branch, leaf to leaf, butted up against each other, and they have made a, a carpet of green there that you just can't see through.
1: Well, and the American gardeners, as we all have been, lured to believe that chemical treatments on weeds is going to kill them. Well, chemical treatment on weeds kills their tops But the roots stay viable for a long time, and they come back. I think I've been weeding in certain landscapes the same dandelions that have been there for the last five years. I I just manually remove the top, but the dandelion goes down so far, you can't possibly, rarely can you get it all out here. So you just give it a couple of seasons, and there it is, boom, back up. Well, you know, chemicals kind of work the same way. Unless you're doing really heavy-duty extraction. And to me, there are more productive and better ways to get the end product the way you want it. Design. Through design.
0: That's right. I always believe that weeding is, if you spend all your time weeding, A, you're going to get disgusted, and B, it's really evidence of poor design. You want to have it be so that most of the landscape takes care of itself.
1: Right. So when you see those landscapes... Like the Tommy Church landscapes from the 60s where you have plants about four feet apart covered with bark and there's no ground cover. You know, in this country, it's just calling for weeds. (laughs) Mm.
0: That's in a country where it doesn't rain. That's right. You know, that's really, that's a Southern California kind of landscape where it doesn't rain and that open space can stay open like that without being colonized. But here the wild world is so adapted to and growing on vigorous. sand and gravel you know as the glacier goes away that's what grows there And so our lives are just filled with that kind of stuff
1: right so you block off the sunlight
0: right so there's been some really successful and beautiful gardens in Juneau over the years
1: oh many and many before we ever showed up here
0: right I mean, I the remember. pioneers
1: always gardened
0: that's right Always. And, and also, they had a pretty sophisticated landscape palette. Yeah. You know, the people that came here to do the gold mine operations.
1: Brought cuttings in their suitcases. They brought, and
0: also, they brought a sensitivity towards gardening and landscaping that was really common then. That, that it was a, a, a mark of civility to be able to have those in your, in your community.
1: Well, you know, a hundred years ago everything was agricultural you didn't have supermarkets you you know you didn't have people I mean you had farmers and farmers worked in mines but everybody had to grow their own food everybody had to have their own apple trees everybody had to have their own cherries or do trades with other people who had them you know it's not like it is today and uh All those people that came from Central Europe and Scotland and Ireland that came and worked here in the mines brought cuttings of their favorite things with them. And -hmm. that's why we have the Telephone Hill cherries and that's why we have some of the unique uh, snowball plants and the the hawthorns and, and stuff like that. I mean, yes, they're replicated in modern horticulture but they're not the very same variety that we have here these and are antique like those,
0: those uh big lilacs that mrs rude brought to town
1: right right
0: so when we got here in the early 80s all that stuff was still pretty pretty evident there were still lots of uh, the old line gardeners that were still participating still managing stuff and the
1: Doc and Sally Polly Oh gosh was that something So And uh, you know Carolyn Jensen the Same Scene You know uh,
0: Doreen Pusich Over Dor- there in Douglas Beautiful And Clay McDowell's yard On the waterfront In Douglas
1: Just lovely Uh
0: huh So 586 If you have a, a favorite garden You'd like to Point out That you'd like To have people Go and look at Or ones that you Remember from The times before Please let us Know about those
1: and the garden tours.
0: The garden tours next weekend. The Southeast Alaska Master Gardeners Garden Tour is next weekend. It costs twenty bucks. You get to go to twenty gardens, and you. the, and way the they money mend,
1: goes for scholarships.
0: That's right. They they pay some some young people to go to college in things like horticulture, landscape architecture, or or plant physiology, or something related to that.
1: They should also pay for
0: QuickBooks because you can't do any of that stuff if you can't balance your <laughs> no, checkbook. That's true. You ought, know, you ought to have some kind of financial literacy by the time you get out of high school.
1: Especially when you're dealing with plants. since Like all crops, some live and some die. That's right. It's a an ever-turning wheel. But so
0: if you want to go on the garden tour, you go online and go to the Southeast Alaska Master Gardener's website, which is S E A K underscore master gardeners but you'll find it if you google it up you'll find it and you'll be able to to get a ticket online and the gardens are lovely Oh, and they're going to be great this year
1: right we're not on the garden tour because we're too weedy <laughs> <laughs> we and one have. of the things you get is a benefit
0: <laughs> if you do that you get a, uh, a coupon in your program that gives you 10% off at Landscape Alaska for the next couple of weeks oh good right
1: we better stay open
0: <laughs> I have every intent of it. That's right. And Oh, by the way, we are open today. We'll be open until probably 3 o'clock this afternoon when things are going to slow down rapidly. But we have uh, the young women that are staffing the nursery that are so charming and helpful. And it, the, the rhododendrons looks beautiful. just look beautiful. And the perennials, the perennial sale continues that we started last week. We'll go on through this week. All the perennial crops we have are ten percent off for this this next Fourth of July holiday week, and uh, there's a lot of them. There's foxgloves and,
1: and uh, those Veronica's, Companions,
0: Veronica's, primroses. Uh, and Lynn's, Lynn's,
1: Lynn's all, primrose all of of garden is in full bloom, and people come just to look at that.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and we've been we've been uh, going through the overwintered shrubbery supply and bringing that into the retail nursery area as we as they come into leaf and into flower and there are hydrangeas and there are spirea's there are dogwoods and roses and, and they've all been gone through fertilized pruned up and ready to go out into the the big world and take their place in the horticultural effort so come take a tour around and you know even if you'd not come to buy come and take a look. Stroll around. It's so pretty right now. The the views from the nursery are spectacular, but the news, new birds the views in the nursery are also spectacular.
1: And all the birds, lots of birds.
0: Birds and bears, rabbits and squirrels, all that stuff. <laughs> That's, That's right. right. Okay. So, uh I've been talking for the last couple of weeks about the root weevils and the root weevil is a big black beetle that feeds at night and comes up and takes bites out of the leaves on rhododendrons. Around, on rhododendrons, on viburnums, on primroses, on uh, on, on primroses, fir trees. Roses, huh? That little low fat primrose, the one that comes up so early, the mat former. You mean the wandas? Like like a wanda, which is a particular one, but that style,
1: uh-huh. those
0: low matte forming ones, the purple ones, the red ones, and the white ones, and right. the pink ones. And the gold ones, right? The, the The root weevil likes them too, and when you see the notches taken out of the leaves, that's an indication that the babies, the larvae, are down there in the ground eating the root system, and that's really where the damage is done.
1: And the, the larvae, <coughs> they're pretty intense. I mean, I see them them be able to kill trees.
0: Oh yeah, you know they, they really, killed those great it, big fir trees at the park sure right? Yep. Uh uh-huh. and and the larvae from this for this animal, is like a, it's uh, it's not it's a inconspicuous. Grub. It's a grub that's probably half an inch long
1: and fat and, and white fat
0: and white with a, with a, a red or orange dot on the end of it.
1: I bet you, you could use them to go fishing here's a l- uh, uh, here's a, like a you would a worm <laughs> That's
0: right cuz cuz uh, most of the fish are pretty omnivorous uh-huh anything like that they'd love to get something like that anyway what we have to to combat that are some nematodes which are microscopic little animals that are the predators of those grubs and they crawl around in the in the soil looking for them and then they're going to uh infiltrate them parasitize them and ultimately kill them and this is the way to manage that so, so that you can uh, you don't want to have to use the harshy, harsh heavy duty insecticides that would be the other pathway they using the nematodes is a much gentler pathway
1: and and they're only so successful where the nematodes are, are truly successful because they stay in the ground and, and the uh,
0: nematodes are native here too it's just they're not native in that quantity right so, they, what they do is they take a, a wild nematode, which is already programmed to hunt down and eat the grubs of the, of the beetles, root, the root weevils, and uh, breed them up so they get millions and millions and millions. We buy them in a tray of 250 million at a time.
1: Mm-hmm. Aren't we lucky? Uh,
0: <laughs> and it takes about a million and a quarter of them in a little bag. To give them uh, coverage for a one foot wide rhododendron. So, when you come see me, you can talk about it.
1: So, uh, what, what do you want to do on the 4th of July, Dave? Are you going to go to the sand building competition? I might competition?
0: go to the, you know, I really like the sand castle competition. I do too. I like that an awful lot. And I might go see, I like the uh, the Society for the Preservation of Creative Anachronism, I bet the you Knights in Costumes. <laughs> Of course I do. Of course. <laughs> that's exactly right up my alley. I would love that.
1: Okay. Well, good.
0: And there's nothing like seeing all those swarming, massive young people having such a good time. And the uh, I don't know if the Soapbox Derby is going to be on this year or not.
1: Yeah, yeah. They had a big article in the on Facebook about it, actually. Well, oh, that's great. Uh-huh.
0: I love that, too.
1: Yeah, you know, there's things about the Internet that kind of... Well, they drive it drives me crazy. But on the other hand, there's so much information in terms of history and and why events started and how they started that I just love. And for Fourth of July, we all have so much history to share that it makes it more fun.
0: And there've been a whole series of beautiful photos over the last month of of people in regalia saying, And who do you know in these pictures? Right. You know, gathering together for different kinds of events. And And that's one of the ways that other people in the community can also say, "Oh yes, I was there. I remember that." Mm -hmm. That's 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 my uncle.
1: That's
0: right. That's uh, whoever it's going to be. You know, Uh, I had a person reach out to me on Facebook that I haven't spoken to for fifty years.
1: No, that must have been fun.
0: It was. Some (laughs) a a friend of mine from when I was a young man in South America. You know.
1: Wow, it was great. Was was it Don? No,
0: it was uh, Gary Trawick. Oh, good. Uh Saw a picture of me there, saw my name, reached out to me. How how great is that? There's only two David Lindrums, you and your son. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) There is that. (laughs) And we both live in the same town.
1: Imagine that.
0: Uh And then there's also all that wonderful food to eat on the 4th of July. It's great. Mm. Okay. So yes, and we'll see you all out there doing that.
1: The roses are starting to bloom. Right. They're really looking pretty, and the lilacs are lovely.
0: And don't bother coming to Landscape Alaska tomorrow. The date, the gates is shut. We're not going. I mean, we're not, we're not open. So.
1: You're too busy going to the all the events. The events.
0: I'm an event hog. But we <laughs> will be open today. So if you want to come and talk to me today, come on out. It'll be just fine. And uh, I got to tell you. The color on the beech trees right now is so lovely. And they've got beech nuts on them.
1: Isn't that great? And do squirrels eat beech nuts?
0: I think anybody that realizes what they are is going to eat them. I don't Mm -hmm. think they're ripe yet, but I don't know whether that's going to make any difference to a squirrel. But they've got (laughs) hair all over them. They've got this springy kind of like wild boar hair all over the outside of the beech nut. Oh, you will have to show and me it's when it's
1: purple. When we get the whole home. thing
0: is purple, that purple sounds- and hairy on the, <laughs> on the branches of the tree. It's the most bizarre thing you ever saw.
1: Uh, I bet. And it
0: looks like it's sounds this, it sounds pretty bizarre, Dave. It looks like it's got. It's meant to hook onto your clothes or in your hair or something and be carried around. That your, kind of a, your, a texture to your it.
1: Your dog's hair, right?
0: My, do- my dog would have been a perfect carrier plant distributor that's right exactly that's right okay but we're gonna we're gonna be done by the end of the day so come early right and uh let's talk about summer pruning because if you want to control the height of your your conifers you want to have it be in size so you can keep it managed now's the time to do that if you prune things in the winter time The roots recognize that you've taken the top off and they send the signal to the top says, regrow that amount as fast as you can. But in the summertime, that doesn't happen. And so if you want to have things be managed as far as as keeping them dense and keeping them within, within the maintenance level that you can and not letting them get out of hand and not having them be more than six or eight feet tall or 10 feet tall, you do it in the summertime. In order to maintain the shape of the tree, that's something else. So if you want to keep it so that it still has, in an evergreen, I mean, a pine tree, a spruce tree, a fir tree, even about about cypress. a
1: cypress. How about an arborvitae?
0: Arborvita is them. kind of a peculiar thing.
1: Yeah, but you can shear them so they...
0: You can. And they don't have a single leader. You know, they've got five or six competing branches, each one with their own leader on it. So it's not like, like they're going to... Spread out sideways and send up a new top.
1: Sounds like a, po- a political party. <laughs> Not naming any names. Ah, I know <laughs> what
0: you mean. I know what you mean. Okay, so what you do is you you identify, so you you know, cut the top off it but you're gonna leave a stub. Generally, when you cut things off, you try not to leave a stub. But in this case, you'll leave a stub that would be you're four talking about to six on the, inches tall. No, I'm talking about something like a pine tree okay. or a fir tree or a spruce tree. And I have some really nice examples at the nursery. What about hemlocks? Same thing with the hemlocks. If you want to keep a leader and have it look like a regular, still the same kind of natural looking tree, right. rather than prune it into a box or a triangle or a choo-choo train, uh-huh. you know, if you want to have it still look like a tree, you need to have a, a single leader and you take one of the side branches
1: and, tie and it up. bend
0: it up and tie it to the stub mm-hmm. that you've left and that becomes the new top and it within a month or so, it takes over and it recognizes its new position and everybody else down below gets calmed down.
1: So our pine tree does that on its own. Our white pine. And it loses its top about every 10 years. And then there's already a new top there, which I find fascinating. That, and
0: and uh, I have to find a way to get up there into that tree now because there are two tops in it. Is there? Uh-huh. And I really don't want that. I only want one top.
1: Well, this can, is this fall too late to do that?
0: No, it'll be just fine. I even have a couple years to do it.
1: Because we, we're going to have a man lift at our house this fall so we could use it then.
0: Oh yeah, that's much better than me getting up on the ladder with the pole pruner. You think? Yeah. yeah,
1: that's way too, way too, way too much. Okay, so we're coming down to the end of our show. So
0: we have a a uh, newsletter that we send out to people on our email mailing list, and we offer special deals and and uh, flash pop up sales and the opportunity to order certain things and some some uh some insight and some attractive photos and if you're not on our email list and you'd like to be on it just send us an, a note on the email to at at gmail.com and say i'd like to be included and we'll put you on the list i sent out a, an article this morning with a photo of our crew planting that beautiful maple tree up in the highlands
1: oh did you great
0: uh-huh. and it was one showing plenty of action going on
1: was Diego in the picture mm,
0: Diego might even have taken the picture
1: I oh, can't good. say for sure okay I missed him yesterday but I got those young there just as they were wrestling leaving wrestling
0: that big beautiful tree and getting it getting it out of that great big pot and putting it in the ground it was a huge huge beautiful tree
1: mm-hmm. it is
0: mm-hmm. And uh, we
1: need more like that
0: well okay I'll do that. Next year, maybe? Uh-huh. So if you, uh, I'm placing orders now, and the nursery business runs from August to August. So now is the time when I can get access to the supplies for the next season, and I have to speak up by the middle of August saying I want it, or it'll be gone. If there's something you're looking for in particular, like a katsura tree or a, a nice Japanese maple or some kind of a particular rhododendron, Make sure that we know about it you know. Lawrence.
1: so we get to
0: include it in our orders.
1: Apple trees. Yes,
0: all those Any things. kind. Yep. Any kind. And a whole bunch of new gooseberries.
1: Hy- hydrangea trees.
0: The hydrangeas are budding up. I don't know if you noticed or not, but yeah. the new buds are forming on all those paniculate hydrangeas.
1: Yep, Joe's is getting ready to... It
0: made me think, I bet there are uh, 150 of them out there in the town now. Mm-hmm. Maybe 200
1: mm-hmm. getting
0: ready to color up
1: it'll be nice
0: yep i think i'll be absolutely thrilled with it the hydrangeas that we're talking about are the ones that have flowers on them that are kind of lilac shaped not the round ball kind but the lilac shaped kind long pointy cones and they start blooming in july
1: and they bloom until the end of october yeah
0: they're really cool
1: and they take all that rain without fading yeah, without turning brown, or and the colors change on the flowers. Yeah, the colors change. It's it, they're really spectacular. They're called quickfire.
0: That's right. If you want to look it up online, that's what it is. Like Margaret said, you look up quickfire hydrangea, and it's a spectacular plant for us.
1: And we have one lime mound. Is that limelight?
0: I have more than that.
1: I have one big one. I, oh. I have one big one, down in Montana Creek. Big.
0: Oh, great. Well, let's bring it up and show it off. Uh-huh. So uh, we'll be there at, at uh, Landscape Alaska, opening at 10 o'clock, closing at 3 o'clock today. And uh, we invite you to come see us. It's on the back loop road between Goat Hill Road and Springway. If you look at our website, you'll see a map and a picture of the driveway. If you're looking around in the driveway, you have to look for a little mailbox. that looks kind of like a planter box. And a little teeny, teeny, tiny sign <laughs> says Landscape He's Alaska. just
1: greedy. And realize the planter box doesn't have any plants in it, which is because nobody's. It, it, we're all too busy to plant it and keep it alive.
0: That's the way it goes. Okay, until next week, this has been Margaret Tharp and David Lendham of Landscape Happy Fourth Alaska. of July,
1: and everyone happy be safe. Of July. And remember, happy gardening.